put up Psalm 43 and verse 3. We'll see it here also, Psalm 43 and verse 3. All right, or let's start from verse 2. It says, For thou art the God of my strength, why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. Now, see how you break oppression. Verse 3 is there again. Oh, send out thy light. This is the secret of David. Oh. Send out thy light and thy truth. Now, look at what it says. Let them lead me. Let them bring me onto the holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Next verse, it says it. Then I will go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp, I will sing praise to thee, O God. In other words, send light, and the light will carry me to the altar of God where I will praise. Light will bring to the altar of God where I will praise. And then I stay there praising God. And then the day dawns, and the day star rises in her heart. And the manifestation comes. Alright? The day dawns. So they were there praying for the release of Peter. They shall come to a point where revelation hits them, and they get up and say, listen, we've got it now. We've seen exactly what God indeed wants to do. Alright, we've seen it. And, 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 and the key to this thing is, the key to being able to respond quickly is that you regularly study the Word of God. Because if you regularly study the Word of God, let me tell you what God does. He prepares you for challenges ahead of time. Okay? One of, the definition of Rema is a portion of Scripture, not the entire Word of God, but a portion of Scripture that is quickened to you by the Holy Spirit for a situation. But then it goes on and says, the prerequisite being the regular storage of the mind with Scripture. In other words, if you are doing it and you are studying the Word of God on a daily basis, what's coming in six weeks, God begins. So what happens is, once you start praying in the Spirit, you get into a situation where you do not know what to pray for as you ought to. As you just start speaking in tongues and they are just praying there, alright, so that the Holy Ghost begins to well up. Then what does the Holy Ghost do? He brings to your remembrance things Jesus told you. So he starts pulling out the Scripture and says, this is the light now. So he says, you know what? Let's just go into this walk. I've placed you on the rock. Now, the path of a just is as a light that shineth brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. Stay in prayer for greater revelation. The intensity of this revelation will begin to increase. It will get to the point where there is no darkness on the outside that can match the brightness of this particular revelation here. He says, but as you are there, all right, be praising me every day. The more I show you, be praising me. And then he says, he says, he says, take it unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns, which means that that light progressively so that person is opening the Bible, praying, studying the Word of God. More revelation is coming, more revelation. They are praising God, more revelation. It is a project until they get the day done and then they cross to something else. Are you following what I'm saying? Now I'm telling you that this is the way. So the issue is revelation comes in. And that's the secret of David. I'm going to close that scripture. Revelation comes in. Now, now quickly. Yeah, I think it's still 10 minutes. Let, let me show you here. Go to, go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. So it says, For we will not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble. Now, so when any trouble, trouble comes at any time, understand this, be quick to hear, that's to hear what God is saying, be slow to speak, and be slow to anger, for the anger of man walketh not the righteousness of God. Lay aside those things 
and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. So, for will not, brethren, have you ignorant of a trouble that came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure. Now, this is what he was saying. Above strength. In other words, what we came in contact with was above strength. Now, in terms of just daily instruction, I mean, and they, I mean, I mean David wasn't just guessing. I mean, let's, let's know that David wasn't guessing. Okay? And that's why I say David was, was a man with, with I, I, until the time of Jesus, I, I don't think anybody had, anybody, anybody had um, a, a clue to what, a, to, to the mind of God as David understood God's mind. I mean, Moses went up to the mountain, 40 days came back, and God said, build according to the pattern that I showed you in the mountain. And he built it according to that pattern and said, here is the tent. This is how it is, as God showed me. And David came to the place, David, and looked at Moses' order and said, sacrifice burnt offerings that would not. God has not required that. He said, he has opened my ears and for you to stand up and say that a whole section of the Levites. Moses that went and started this thing didn't say this thing. You just come and said a section of the Levites. He said, this is what David said. He said, they used to, God told Moses, look, get what's going on. Moses didn't just come with his own idea. Huh? And said, look, this is my idea. God told him. He said, these people will carry this. So they, there was division of labor. This is the tribe or the families that will be carrying because the tent was moving from place to place, place to place. So some people had the duty of car packing up the tent, taking all the elements. Then when they get to the next place, they'll put it down and arrange. That was their work. David came and said, the tent is not moving anywhere again. It's in Jerusalem now. Then he said, those of you that were employed to be moving materials in the tent, let me tell you your work from heaven now. In the morning, you'll come and sing praises and thank God here. And in the evening, you'll come here and sing praise and thank God. Where did you get that from, David? Now, here's the point I'm getting to. For David to have said, in the morning, come and thank God and praise him. And in the evening, come and thank God. It will do us well to, when we wake up in the morning, to praise God. And when you are going in the evening, to also praise God. Alright? Now, praise the Lord. You don't have to be there for 45 minutes. Some, I'm telling you, even if you get into it, let me tell you this, you get into worship, is God, listen, you, 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 time will not be an essence again when you are worshipping God. You will have to get yourself out of it. It won't be laborious again. You will have to get yourself. Because the key to worship is, in thy presence there is fullness of joy, at thy right hand there are pleasures. The pleasures that will be coming into your soul are things you cannot find anywhere else. So you will have to bring yourself out. So it is only difficult when you haven't practiced it. Once you start practicing it from revelation inside you, then it just begins to flow. And you realize, well, where, where have I done all this time? Somebody wrote to me, and, and I understand what you're saying. He said, the woman with the issue of blood said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, where is that hem? I want to touch it. He said, because it was so easy for him if I touch the hem of his garment. I said to him, that hem of his garment, you touch it in worship. You get to a point, you are so deep there in worship, there's a transference that occurs. Alright? But what we do in Revelation is we have notes. 
Now we take a lot of notes, but frown when we're even taking the notes. Do you get what I'm saying? There's no song, there's no joy. Some of the people, listen, for years in this church, we didn't have intercessory department because I've done this thing before. Intercessors, they are, some of them, they are the most judgmental, critical, and saddest guys around. Because, you know, I, you can't, I'll show you, you can't get results like that. Watchmen are singers. Watchmen are singers. They know that singing is what brings manifestation. You say, Pastor, show us. Isaiah 52, verse 8. Because you just say, Watchmen, 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 Watchmen. Listen, thy watchmen shall do what? Lift up their voice. With the voice together shall they do what? Sing. For they shall see eye to eye. Is the song that is bringing manifestation. When the Lord shall bring against Zion. He says, When he turned our captivity. That's what he's talking about. Listen to me. This is what he's saying here. Isaiah 62 verse 6. God has told you, once I give you light, you will never see my shadow turning away from it. So Isaiah 6 says, I have set men upon thy wall, O Jerusalem, which shall not hold their peace day and night. They are singing. He says, ye shall make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. He says, verse 7 here, he says, I give him no rest until what he has shown you, it happens. Sing it to him until it manifests. It says, till he makes Jerusalem a praise on the earth. So until you become a praise, until people look at you and they are fear, you listen to me, they, they, they look at you and say, what is going on in your life? We don't know where it's coming from. Where is it coming from? It says, the Lord sprang out of Judah. It says, no, it said it was strange because no mention of it under the law. Now, what was he telling us? He was telling us that the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek is a priesthood not of carnal commandments but of praise. And what did David do? David must have looked well at the blessings of Jacob. He looked well at it. And when Jacob was blessing Judah, he said, the scepter shall not depart out of you. He said, praise. He said, your brethren shall bow before you. Praise. He said, you are the one. That's what he was saying. So there will be no manifestation until your revelation has been converted to praise. Has been converted. He says, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's the first thing we use the testimony of Jesus to do is to worship God. So let me just close here. So in Psalm 43, it says, verse 3, it says, it will lead us. All right? Psalm, okay. All right, so I was looking at 2 Corinthians. Let me just close. Look at 2 Corinthians. I've shared that. So it says, verse 8, For we will not have you ignorant brethren which came to us in Asia who are pressed out of measure or above strength. For we had the sentence of death. All right? On ourselves. So you could sleep that sleep of death. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raised the dead. Who delivered us from so great a death, doth deliver in whom we trust, he shall yet deliver. Ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the 
by the means of many persons. What's that gift? Every good and precious gift coming from above cometh from the Father who gives it in the form of light. In other words, what Paul was saying was, we were pressed out of measure and he said, as far as we knew, we felt we had come to the end of the road and had a sentence of death on ourselves. He said, but prayer was coming forth and that gift was bestowed, which means that good and perfect gift, and I'll show this light came into our hearts there. He says, but by this, thanks is being given unto God. And then he went on, he says, for the rejoicing, for our rejoicing is this, and the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom that's cunning craftiness, but by the grace of God, we have had a conversation in the world and more abundantly to you, Lord. Then he tells us in Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse, verse two, um, 1. For saying that we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. But have renounced hidden things of dishonesty. Now, let me tell you what, let me tell you what he says. When he says you should come up to the throne of grace that he may obtain mercy, I just don't have time. That mercy is the revelation. Then you will find grace to help at its manifestation. And so you receive, you obtain mercy, revelation comes, and then as you rejoice in it, grace is released, and then manifestation begins to come. That's why Paul said, when they saw the grace that was given unto me, Grace there is the power of God, the might of God at work in a man. It says, sin shall have no dominion over you because it's the might of God that is at work inside you. That's grace. He says, sin cannot dominate a person who has grace. He said, those that receive the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace, that's the might of God. He says, shall reign in life by one man, Jesus. They'll be reigning in life. They'll be kings. So he says this. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them who are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel, which is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ ourselves servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Now, look how important that light is. For we have this treasure, that light is the treasure, in earthen vessels, that's physical bodies, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us, which means God has allowed that treasure to be inside earthen vessels, weak vessels, so that when the might is being seen on the outside, they will know you are not the source. Something else is the source. You can't be you with your frail body that is doing this. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, look at what it says here. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. All right? Cast down, not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says something happened and were pressed beyond measure. He says, but well, you helped us with prayer for that gift that was bestowed. So people are going to pray, and the results of that prayer is that gift for that situation comes inside. All right, revelation enters into the heart of the person there, 
And that now is the treasure they have in earthen vessel that the excellence of the power might be seen to be of God and of themselves. Alright? So, believe they his words, sang they his praises. Says, the spirit of faith now is there. I believe, therefore I speak. So I believe, therefore I sang. And as he begins to sing, because that scripture there says the believe and the sang his praises. When you look at it, it says, and the same spirit that raised up Jesus, alright, who raised that person up. So the order of God, okay, is, he says this, and that's what he said in Luke chapter 12. Uh, let me just, let me just, can I have a minute, I, I can do it in a minute. Luke chapter 12 here. It says, verse 29, Seek not what you shall eat or drink, neither be of a doubtful mind, for all these things the nation of the world seek after. Your Father knoweth you have need of these things, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and these things shall be added. Fear not, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have, give arms, provide yourself bags, and all right, what's a treasure in the heavens that faileth not. That's what he's talking about. That treasure in earth investment. He says, don't pray like the hidden do. He says, go for that treasure. He says, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief can approach, no moth corrupt. So it's that light. Now look at what he's saying here in verse 34. So let's go on there. For where your treasure is, your heart to be. Verse 35. He goes on and says, let your loins be guarded and your lights burn. He's talking about that light. All right, so the revelation there is you keep burning there. You are studying the word of God as you are praying. Verse 36, it goes on. And you yourselves like men that wait for the Lord when he shall return from the wedding and when he cometh and knocketh, he may open to him immediately. So these people are lights are burning. They are praising God. They are doing that. So revelation comes and you are praising God. Right? You are doing that every day. You are pushing forward more revelation, more powerful praise until time of manifestation. And it's like Jesus comes and knocks on the door of your life. Right? And then you open unto him. Alright. It says, there will be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou the light of thy countenance upon us. Verse 7. He says, thou hast put gladness in my heart more than the time when there are what? Corn and wine. What brought the gladness? The countenance. He says, God who commanded the light to shine of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of his glory that is found in the countenance of Jesus. That's what, that's what he's talking about here. So in the face, remember where did he start? He started by saying that Moses went up and beheld the face and came back. He says, now with an open face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into that same image. So that change, we can confidently say, occurs in praise. That's the conclusion of the matter. You get what I'm saying? That change actually occurs, which means what you pray. So we are struggling to try to change. And so we keep hitting against that invisible ceiling. And saying there's greatness on the inside of us. We've seen greatness. Says, I long to see thy power as I saw it in the sanctuary. We've seen it in the revelation. We've beheld our face, natural face. But then we tried to make it happen. We tried. And you keep hitting against it. After a time, you start giving up on the word of God. And start saying, all these years I've been reading all this revelation. Where is it? All right. But it's praise there. So pray intensely, but let your prayer lead you to the reading of the Bible. It will give you great light. 
and let great light lead you to great praise and worship. And great praise and worship will lead to great manifestation. Do you understand what I'm saying? So every day you are praying. You say, so why are we praying about the same thing? Yes, because we're getting more light on it. Alright? So I can be praying about something and every day more light is coming. And with more light, greater utterance is coming in worship. In other words, the way I praised three weeks ago is not the way I'm praising now. Do you get what I'm saying? Because he puts a new song in my mouth. That's why it was very, you can see what dumb went. He asked, asked, so how do you find great move? He said, wherever there is a great move. He said, the songs are great. Alright? Because, and then when he came for Ashanti, we interviewed him and he said, the songs are great wherever there is a strong teaching anointing. In other words, there is exposition of scripture and therefore you can sing and construct those songs. From that place, and I let me just close by saying this is why this is why Hillsong has remained steady on top. And somebody told uh, Brian Houston once, he said, He said, This seasonal, it will soon be over. Brian Houston said, There's nothing like it will be over. He said, This season has lasted 30 years. Now, let me tell you what happens, it even happens also to preachers. Now, somebody sits down in the congregation, has no name, has no nothing, listening to the messages. Powerful messages, revelation of the word of God. This is what happens. And then that person every day goes home and is writing songs. Revelation is coming, writing songs. Then the person goes to the studio and begins to sing those songs. Connected to an anointing there, and after some time the songs hit. And then the person now, everybody knows you. Then they begin to invite you to sing everywhere. Then because you are now busy singing around town, You've stopped attending the services where the messages for those songs were gotten. So after two years of singing, they will get tired because you have just been singing the same thing. Then they will soon tell you that we are looking for somebody else. So there's another young person writing from Revelation. That person is going to take over. There's no magic to it. That's why Hillsong, have you seen them going anywhere? Do you see them inviting Hillsong? They say Hillsong is singing around town. You can't, darling, check. If it's to my invitation, darling, check, should have crisscrossed. You see, they don't, 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 don't know. The reason why Yilsong is on top is that Yilsong is inside Australia where they are. Listening and writing. Listening and writing. It is the city that is going around. They are static. Do you get what I'm saying? So, Kenneth Hagin was in Tulsa. His books were going around. But you couldn't move Kenneth Hagin from Tulsa. They invited him to Africa. Tire, that man didn't come. Only country he went to, he went to South Africa once. He only entered Africa once. He went to Australia once. He will go to Canada, come back. Because, but people started coming from everywhere to Tulsa to get the water. So, once you start succeeding, you should, you should understand and rein yourself back in and say, look, it's, it's, it's the anointing. Do you get what I'm saying? He says, incline your hair and hair. says, you shall leave. And then what begins to happen is people then begin to bless you where you are. And you don't have to get up to go and look for the blessing. Are you following me? God bless you all. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you. 
James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 16. It says here, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect, or every good gift, and perfect and every perfect gift, is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom or with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits or pattern of his creatures. So he begot us with the word of truth. That's the method that he used. And so that as we continue to live our lives with that word of truth, we will be a kind of the first fruit of his creature. So he says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man therefore be slow to speak, or swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, in any situation, for the wrath of God walketh not, or the wrath of man walketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, all the human emotion, complaining, murmuring in a situation. It says, for your own anger walks not the righteousness or the plan of God in that situation, but what's going to bring that plan, but receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. Meekness means having a teachable spirit, accepting the superiority of what is coming to you in terms of knowing more than you. So the word has more information than how you feel about that particular situation. So he says, receive with meekness the engrafted word of God that is able to save your soul. Now why is he saying we should receive it with meekness? It says every good and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. The term Father of lights means the Father that gives the good and perfect gift first in the form of light. And that's what I want to teach this evening. It says every good and every perfect gift comes from above and cometh down from the Father who gives it in the form of light. And then it says after he has given you light, with whom there will be no variableness concerning what he has given, and uh, you will never see the shadow of him turning away. This is what it means from what he has shown you. 
Now, many times, first thing I want to address is this. We sometimes pray as the heathen do. In other words, we ask for things on the outside. But it tells us that we shouldn't do it, pray that way. That when the Father is going to give, and that every good and every perfect gift comes from above, and it comes from the Father, who is going to give what he plans to give in the former first of light, of a revelation. The entrance of his word giveth light. So he's going to give it by sending his word in to you, and that's where the entrance of that word will give light. That's why he says, of his own will, he begat us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruit. In other words, of people that when they find themselves in situations there, this is their type. The only set of people who appropriate the word of truth. In other words, in situations they receive light. Only people, only creatures on this earth that function this way. That understand that I should be slow to speak, slow to anger and quick to hear. And that I should receive that engrafted word of God. What I should be looking for is the implanted word of God. The word of God to get entrance on the inside of me. For God is going to give it in the form of light every good and perfect gift. And once he has given it, you are not going to see any variableness. There's not going to be, alright, which means today, like he's changing. And you are not going to see all right, the shadow of him, what he has revealed, he tells you he is committed to that particular thing. So one look at our participation here with God in this, establishing that God gives in the form of light. So let's not waste our time. All right, where we are, let's not burn time and think is God faithful. Right? Where we are asking for things and checking on the outside with no light. That every good and every perfect gift comes from above and God sends it into the life of a man as light first on the inside of him. So when the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep, the first thing that God said is, let there be light. So when you are in a situation, all right, you want to get angry. That's what he's talking about. The wrath of man walketh not the righteousness of God. That what God says and God's decree, first thing is, let there be light. And let's not forget, it says, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts. So give the light of the knowledge of his glory. So that's the light he's saying. Let there be the knowledge of God's glory inside the hearts of that person. That's the starting point of God there. So every good and every perfect gift is from above and coming down from the Father who gives it in the form of light. Now David understood this perfectly and the whole of the Psalms are filled with this particular narrative and understanding of God's operation. If you look at Psalm chapter 13, 
from verse 1. Psalm 13 and verse 1. It says, How long will thou forget me, O Lord? Forever. How long will you hide your face from me? It says, How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? So David said, I'm in a situation here. And he says, how long will I take counsel in my soul and my sorrow will increase? In other words, looking for the answer in my soul and all that does is increases sorrow, leads to discouragement, leads to depression. That's where the depression comes from. How long shall my enemy be exalted, he says this, over me? So how long is my enemy going to be exalted over me? Now, what's going to give authority? Verse 3, consider and hear me. So, I'm sorry, David was praying this. Oh, Lord, my God, lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. So what David said was, open my eyes. Lighten my eyes. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against me, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I've trusted in your mercy to give this light, and my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. That's the story there of salvation. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is first my light and then my salvation. So here it talks about the fact that, all right, David said, hear me, O Lord, lighten my eyes, open up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest the enemy says, all right, he is exalted over me. Then in Proverbs 15 and verse 30, it says this, Solomon said this, it says, the light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart. And then a good report maketh the bones fat. So it says, the light of the eyes causes the heart to rejoice. And then from that place, a good report will make the bones fat. So the light will cause the heart to rejoice. And out of that place, a good report. What's a good report? An evil report is they went into the land and they said there were giants in the land and it's impossible. The enemy is exalted over us because they had no light. But then it says, when others say there's a casting down, you will say there's a lifting up by reason of that light. So the entrance of that word, that light changes. It says, in the light shall we see light. Changes your perspective on issues. Changes the way you evaluate and look at things. And so you come with a good report. So the good report proceeding out of that light is what makes. So this person's bones were lean, so to speak, which means they were lean. And how did they start getting manifestation through a good report. How did they get the good report? 
first their eyes were lighting them, and then they began to rejoice, and that rejoicing that praise reports there, that our God is able. Let us go up at once. That's the report there, all right, of God's ability, and that's what produces the result or the manifestation. So it starts with God lighting our eyes and then taking us, as I want to explain today, to a place of rejoicing. Now rejoicing will bring about the manifestation. All right, rejoicing will produce the external results. The order of David is that prayer will lead to the revelation. And then the revelation will cause your heart to rejoice. And expressions of thanksgiving, knowing that God has given it to me, and he gives it in the form of light, I've received it, and then I start rejoicing in it, and it's the rejoicing there that brings about the manifestation. So every good and every perfect gift. I know what he said here. He said, lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. What's that sleep of death? Where you get to a point where he says, I'm now asleep in death. I am now comfortable with a situation that is void of, of God. I have adjusted to it. I am now sleeping there. All right? He says, I don't want to be in that state. I, I, he said, lighten my eyes. I, I remember many years ago, I think it was, it was the first time I had Pastor um, um, Tony Rappu preach, or right, when he became a, a pastor. I heard him speak as a doctor. Right? And the message I think I heard was season of response. And this was 1994, and he was talking about your season of response. That is, you have a season where you should respond to a particular thing. And the point is, if we don't respond aggressively during that season, that's why it says your light affliction, that's your response to it which is for a moment, will walk an internal weight of glory. And what happens is, and we don't respond when our heart is yearning for a solution to that particular thing. You can just adjust to it and get comfortable with it for a protracted period of time because you missed out on that season of response. Now, if we respond correctly, right, then we won't get into that. I mean, the best example I know is the experiment that was carried out, right, with, I think it's also, you'll find it also in, um, um, all right, let me just use this example here. So, piranha fish here that feeds on flesh. And so, while it's in the water, small, right, fish there, but feeds literally on flesh. In fact, I said, if you take out a, I saw the experiment, bulletproof vest, there's still things that are put in the vest there to prevent a bullet from penetrating. You bring out those strands there of like steel material there that resist the bullet and put it right where in between the jaws or the mouth of that fish and snaps on it with his teeth, it will cut it at once. Now, 
So if a human being puts their finger and it gets on it, it's gone. You don't think it twice. Your bone, everything is gone. That's how devastating they are. And so they feed, all right, on fish. So what they did was that they put a massive aquarium and put normal fish. Then put a smaller one in between and then put that particular fish there. So it, couldn't, it could see the other fish, but couldn't reach it. So it would keep going and keep going and keep going. And this is what, during that season of response, when we keep trying, that's when our heart is pushing strongly for it. If we don't understand the method of the Spirit, then this is what's going to happen, which is what Paul was saying. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? He said, I'm trying. Because every time you try and you fail, it does something to you. The Bible says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. It affects, all right, the human heart. So we have to understand the method and get it right. Because if we keep going, all right, and keep failing from time, then you adjust. So the fish keeps trying and keeps hitting against this invisible wall. And every time it does, it gradually begins to get tired. But at the onset, they put fish food at a certain time. You won't bother with it because its DNA tells it you feed on flesh. It's reaching out for the big dream, reaching out for that particular goal. But then it keeps hitting on it, hitting on it. And over on time, it gets tired and then starts adjusting to the limitations of the environment. That's what we're talking about here. Lest I slip the slip of death there. Where you adjust to the limitations and then it begins to feed on fish food. So they did that for six weeks, and then after that, they put it and mix it with the other fish, and no longer that way was structured by God had almost disappeared from the consciousness completely, and it would swim with the fish just like any one of them. So Satan knows this, and that's what Pharaoh did, and it was a master stroke, all right, in Egypt. That even when God saved the nation of Israel, they couldn't get out of it. And it's only the New Testament where he says, I will now write my laws in their minds. They, he couldn't get them out of slavery. With all the power that was being manifested on the outside, the parting of the Red Sea, there was no change. No change in the DNA of the Jews. They were exactly the same people. Uh, and Christians can go through powerful things on the outside. And you don't understand this, there just be no change. Uh, Alright? So, what happened is that they came to tell Pharaoh about the Jews that he said they are mightier than us. And hear what Pharaoh said. Pharaoh said, if an outside army comes into an agreement and they form an alliance with an outside force, one day these people can come and take over our land. Which means they enter into a covenant with an outside force. He said, therefore, let us put them in a position that even if a stronger nation comes into agreement with them to topple us, they will not be psychologically able to take that opportunity. In other words, they will see themselves as grasshoppers. So he said, let's make them fetchers of water and hewers of wood. And so what happened was, Israel was in that state for 400 years and they adjusted to slavery. They saw themselves as second-rate citizens. And that is what Satan is trying to do, all right? When you keep going up and up against something, he wants to change it so that, listen, you adapt, all right, to that particular place. And you get comfortable with it. And once you're comfortable, he says, well, anything that's happening on the outside, there's no yearning. Right? I'm sure we do it here. And this is where we've made the mistake. 
because we've been praying and that's not the way it works. I'm praying God do that and God do that. That's just not the way it works. Now it's very difficult for us humanity to make that judgment but we'll see this what he will say. That's not the way it works. So we were praying on the outside. We were praying on the outside. Do something when that desire and it hasn't been converted first to revelation. And then we do something to revelation which is praise. And then the results begin to come. Alright? So God came and took the nation of Israel but something was wrong and he said this covenant could not get to that part of their being so I'm going to change the covenant so I'll be able to access that particular part of their being. So he says lest we sleep that sleep of death and then the enemy comes up. And I've said this before, all right, very good example. Once I was in my house, and what happened was, okay, I, uh, the, the light had, uh, some was, the light bulb went off, and so I was going to call the electrician to come and help me because of the way it was in the room, right? And I just kept forgetting during the day to call him. So what happened was I have to go and take things in that place at night, uh, so I will enter and kick myself and all of that and say, well, tomorrow I'm going to do this. I'll get busy again. Just forget about it. Get back home. Some of the time I think you just, I just adjusted. So probably during the day I will go in there and make, do what's called a photographic memory of everything as it is. So at night I became comfortable to picking up things in the dark. I knew exactly where everything was. So I was comfortable. So I had adjusted to darkness. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can adjust to something. Alright? A person can adjust. Uh, that's why when somebody says, well, you know, I lost my job, and then they begin to beg. Now, if they don't get out of that situation, right, they can lose the dignity. The first time they begged, they didn't like it. But now, alright, they can lose that and come to a point where they have adjusted now to beg. So what you can see somebody doing, all right, don't say, well, I'm a prostitute. The first time they did it, they found bad or felt bad. But the human, the way we are creatures of habit, you can adjust to it and become comfortable with that. So once I adjusted to it, I remember then finally I remember doing day to call the teacher. He fixed it and then I noticed that I had adjusted. Because I would go back at night and I would still not put on the light. I was now comfortable operating in darkness. Do you get what I'm saying here? So you can be comfortable operating at a low level. That's what's called the sleep there of death. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.